Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage here in the Madison area. Another sharpening the edge uh, version of our podcast today as we review our, our guests, Alex Erickson and Brian Calhoun. I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Coach Manchi, over there in Kimberly, Wisconsin. Coach, how are we doing? Doing great today. Awesome. Um, great. A lot of excitement, obviously, in the area, in the state of Wisconsin. By the time this podcast is released, the state tournament or the state championships for track will have um, commenced and state baseball is just, just finishing up, state softball and some other sports. So again, we, we've talked about a lot with our, with our guests and stuff, how COVID has affected you know, some of our student athletes. And now we're seeing the benefits of, of these kids really putting in some time when nobody was watching, which both of our guests talked about. And, and really making the most of their opportunities. So it's a very exciting time for our athletes and coaches and really want to dive in with some of the topics that, that these two former Badgers talked about, uh, outstanding topics, outstanding young men, first and foremost, um, as I've been able to coach both them and really, really with a growth mindset in different directions. And we've hit on a lot, Dean, the, the multi-sport aspect of it. So we want to touch on it real quick, as, as these guys really, really harped on the importance of being a multi-sport athlete. Uh, myself, I was a multi-sport athlete in high school. I know you were as well. And so many of our guests have been that. And I, I think, you know, we want to touch on the importance of it from an injury prevention standpoint and things like that. But the, the sport that seems to keep coming up, Dean, is the sport of track. And I think, you know, the sport of track is really something that I think is growing in our country. And, you know, me as a, as a former baseball player, you know, that was my sport in the spring. And, you know, that was something I played as a young kid. And I know, you know, there are a lot of great softball players and soccer players out there. But what we found is there's, you know, a lot of kids that aren't doing anything in the spring. And, in, you know, in our, in our state and in, any, anywhere for these kids, you know, the sport of track, and I want you to speak to this, you know, is a sport that can really be utilized as an off-season speed, off-season conditioning program, even if you're not involved in a sport. And so both those guys were, were big track guys in, in high school. And so, you know, you've got a lot of experience, obviously, with the Fox Valley Throws Club but also being around some really good speed guys and, and speed coaches, you've seen the benefits of what a, a great track program and what kids buying into track uh, can do for, for your program. So share with our, our, our listeners the value of that that you've seen. Well, this was awesome that these last two guests, you know, having uh, Brian Calhoun and Alex Erickson on, being that they have huge track backgrounds as well. But uh, we had Joe Thomas and he talked, remember, about the glide you know, and how that made him a better football player when he was working on the glide shot put. And now we come to Brian Calhoun, who ended up doing two sports in college, just like Joe Thomas at the University of Wisconsin. And he mentioned, you know, that Barry Alvarez actually came and supported them. Yes. And that was huge. That just shows you what kind of person Barry was and that these guys wanted to do the two sport thing and football was their main sport. But, you know, Barry was there. And he was there to support them. And I thought that was extremely cool as far as Barry's part goes. Um, we look at 
um, track and field, you know, I have a, a, a big uh, belief in track and field because I've seen it at the high school level. When we were at Oshkosh North, when I was at Oshkosh North, you know, we, we really developed our football program through our track program. We got tried to get a lot of guys out that weren't baseball players. They weren't out for a sport. We were pushing our football players to join the track team. And them sprinters, again, to sprint, hey, the bigs, to throw, whatever they could do. And there's such – track is so unique in that you really have a lot of different sports athletes coming in and doing one sport. There's that cross-country track connection. There's that football track connection. And then all those other sports, you got the soccer kids, the volleyball kids. You know, there's just so many different sports, the basketball kids that are all getting together – and forming a team and they're getting better in cross country. They're getting better in football. They're getting better in basketball and all of that. And Brian has been big as far as sprinting and, you know, being a strength and conditioning coach where he is at the high school and a, he's been a football track coach. And he's a lot like myself. When I got into coaching, I really started to fall in love with track and field. Right. And being a big football guy, Track and field really started to grow on me. And we obviously have seen the benefits that it has made in athletes' lives. And many times those football kids that go out for track and field, track and field is second. And then what happens by the time their senior year, they're really getting into track just as much as they were in football. And it's made them better in both sports. It's a great connection. And if you want to get faster, sprint. We talk about that all the time from a training standpoint. And Alex brought up a great point. He did the 400 meters. Now, I've never ran a 400 meter race, but I talk to our athletes that do, and it's tough. You talk about <laughs> mental toughness and you're going on that track and you're really spilling your guts and you're going as hard as you can. That's really a sprint, right? A 400 Absolutely. meter race, a sprint. Yeah. But what he told us is it taught him how to compete. And that's the thing we talk in Fox Valley throws club. And as a throws coach myself is a tape measure doesn't lie. And it's the same thing. He mentioned that, Hey, it's nobody else's fault, but your own. If you're in a ring, you're on the runway, you're, you're in the track, you know, you, it's an individual sport, but yet it's a team sport as well. And in football, if two guys make a mistake, boom, we're in big time trouble play is blowing up nine guys did their job track it's a whole different situation Brian well and I think too Dean one of the things that that unfortunately you know may scare kids away from track is that reality that that watch doesn't lie it's very similar to swimming right it's very similar to swimming where the time is the time and you don't have any judgments it's it's really one of the only sports where the coach really doesn't have to judge very much, you know, maybe in a relay, Hey, who works well with someone else, but for you as a throws coach, this kid throws the farthest, he's my best thrower. <laughs> and, and so that's one of the coolest things about that sport. And both those guys talked about that, about the competition portion of it. And that is where, you know, Alex talked about, Hey, if you don't play another sport, you're, six, eight months removed from competing. Now, you know, there's great training programs. Many high schools in our state have great training programs. I feel like at Sports Advantage, we have a great, you know, program for kids that if they're not in a sport or if they're in a sport, that, that they can develop. 
and, and you try and force, you know, and I know you do this at Kimberly as well. You know, when the kids are training, right. It's a competitive environment. Hey, you know, who, who squatted the most today, you know, who did this, you know, maybe when you're running sprints, but it's, a, it, it's different. Competition is different when there's fans in the stadium, you know, when there's other teams there, that competition that forces you to step your game up. And that's the same as any type of competition, but track is one of those things where you can't hide. You just can't hide, you know, in a football game, 11 guys on the field, maybe you can hide a guy somewhere here, you know, even like a volleyball, maybe you can, you know, move, you know, people around soccer, stuff like that track. If you're on that, if you're on that track, you know, everybody's watching you and, you know, yeah, you're running for your team, but you're also, you know, woman on woman, man on man, however you want to say it, you're, you're going against everybody else. So you can't hide. And I think that scares people away from that sport a little bit. And we need to find a way to encourage more kids that, and, and Hey, like I'm not, we're not saying that track is better than baseball or better than softball or better than any other sport. What I'm saying is that, and I think Dean is too, is, Hey, if maybe you maybe you don't like baseball, maybe you don't like soccer, maybe you don't like this, go out for track, you know, go out for track. And just the worst thing that can happen is you can learn how to run better and, and you can get, you know, you'd be in better shape. And so, and, and a lot of times, you know, this as well, Dean, you find some kids all of a sudden that Holy smokes, this kid could be a really good 400 runner could be. And I, I know running a 400 because Tom Lechner used to make us do that at Oshkosh. That, that race is horrible. And so for a kid to openly choose to do that shows that they've got some intangibles in there, right? You know, the other thing, you know, we talk, we both know who Buddy Morris is, the NFL strength yeah. coach. It's extremely popular. And I always remember the biggest thing he says is athletes got to be able to move. And you, you have to be active. And one thing when you're out for different sports, whether it's track, baseball, whatever, you have to be able to move. And even your bigs, your O-line, D-line guys, you look at any type of level, those are big guys that can move well. And it doesn't matter how strong you are, but you have to be able to move. And that's one thing we emphasize with our athletes at our school is you have to be able to move first. And a lot of times what I've seen in the spring is guys will go, in the weight room and all they'll do is lift, but they don't do any movement patterns and they're, they're not competing. And therefore they're not becoming the best athlete that they can be. Right. And I think one of the things too, and as strength coaches is as you develop your philosophies and we just, we actually, for those of you that follow our Instagram at Wana Key at sports advantage, Wana Key, we just did a post, uh, it'll be last week, on understanding the importance of what the needs of the athlete are. And at different times, and Dean, you know this as a strength coach, and, and sometimes football coaches, basketball, whatever, you, have, you set your practices up based on the needs of either the game coming up or whatnot. As far as strength coaches, every athlete has different needs at different times. They may be in season, they may be out of season, things like that. They may be a, I know, you know, Rob Havenstein, who's going to be a guest with us at some point here and Alex Erickson, they both train with me right now in the off season and they play football, they're in the NFL, but their program is completely different, not only from an exercise selection standpoint, but of the order of the exercises based on their need. Alex needs to run more. So we got to set up his program where his 
first couple of things that he does is based off of sprinting, based off cutting. Obviously, Rob plays O-line, so he plays in a five-by-five-yard box. So, yes, movement and mobility is very important to him, but he's got to have max effort strength and then be able to move as well. So the way we set up our program is, is completely different. And that, you know, some of the things that Brian talked about as a strength coach, you know, those are things that you and I learned, um, you know, going through this process. And I think, you know, you and I have talked a little bit and, you know, your comment was, you know, I want to learn everything about periodization. I want to learn this, learn this, learn this, but there's so many different things to being a strength coach. And like Brian said, sometimes you got to sit in the room. I think it was, you got to sit in the room with people who are smarter than you. And he did a great job of talking about how listening to other coaches, even if it's not applicable to what you're doing is very important as a coach. Yeah. You know, and that's the one thing I've, really found out by being a track coach is you really get to know your athletes a lot better, at least in my experience, you know, in football, when I was helping out doing the defensive line and, you know, football, every minute this bing, 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 and you're going and you're going from special teams to defense and to offense, and you're getting all this kind of stuff in. And it just seems to be a lot more headache, a lot more stressful for athletes. When you think of a track meet, there's a lot of downtime. And there's opportunities that you really get to know your athletes a lot better. And I think that's one of the things that coaches, if you're going to be a good coach, you really got to get to know what, how the athlete ticks. And, and Lewis Carella said the same thing. You know, that's why he does an interview with every athlete. And then he writes down their goals and surrounding yourself with smart coaches. You know, just you and I are always continually learning and talking. And we're talking to other coaches that are like-minded, that are growth mindset. And I think that's very important. We see this with athletes all the time. Who do they surround themselves with? Because if they start hanging out with some people that are making bad decisions, they're more likely to make those same bad decisions. Right. And I think, you know, being a coach, you know, there's some responsibility there too. You know, you and I have been around for a while and we've seen a lot of different things. And we've also seen some coaches, you know, where, whether it's ego or whatever, where they're, they're stuck in their own patterns and they don't want to change. And you, you see it in, in so many different sports and you see how sports have evolved. And, I, you know, you can use the Alabama Crimson Tide as how they've evolved to be more of a scientific based program design. And now you're talking about putting some of the best athletes in the world behind some of the best science in the world and you see kind of the results of it. And so as coaches, just because we had success five years ago, doesn't mean you can run the same program. And, and, and athletes, it's the same thing. Just because you, know, you had success when you were 12 years old, which you see a lot of, you see kids that develop early and they have a lot of success early, you know, whether it's you know, because mom or dad, you know, had the opportunity to work with them when they were younger and things like that. But, you know, Alex and Brian were both stuck in situations where, you know, they were really good players. You know, Alex was probably the best athlete in his conference, even though he was at a small school in Darlington. But then he walks on at Wisconsin. Brian was, you know, obviously a great football player in the state of Wisconsin, goes to Colorado 
still, you know, ends up playing quite a bit and then transfers back to Wisconsin. And then he had to reestablish himself. Alex had to establish himself at Wisconsin to be able to play again and get an opportunity to play. And then, you know, let's take it one step further, Dean, with how, you know, talk about using opportunities. Alex goes, he gets undrafted. He's with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think one of the greatest or one of the best things he talked about was he wasn't a punt returner yet because he had time. He went out and he caught punts, caught the eye of the special teams coach, not by doing anything flashy and, 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 you know, not by talking to the coach, just going out there, you know, catching some extra punts, gets an opportunity, makes the most of it. Brian transfers to Wisconsin and, and back then a lot different than it is now. When you transfer from D1 to D1, you had to sit out a year. So Brian Calhoun, who may be one of the top backs to ever play college football, for sure one of the best to ever play at Wisconsin, ran on the scout team for a year. And he took every rep at tailback. He didn't bitch. He didn't complain. He didn't whine. He took every rep because, like he said, he was using that to hone in on his craft and make himself better. And we see a lot of times special teams is a demotion for a kid. He doesn't want to play special teams or the scout team. You know, if you're, if you're an incoming recruit, you don't want to play scout team. That's I'm not, you know, there's two examples of a guy who made a career, you know, out of just because he went out and caught some punts. And, and then another guy who ends up, you know, being the, I think it was, I don't think he won the dope walker, but he was definitely up for it. One of the top backs in college football, touched the ball more than any other player, ends up with an NFL career just because he had the wherewithal to, to when he had the opportunity on the scout team to just take every rep. And, and I was there watching him. No one else took any other reps. He wasn't given, he wasn't giving that opportunity away. And you see at the high school, I, I'm sure, and you've seen it in your career too, where making the most of your opportunities gives you a better, better, better chance to have a longer career. You know, Alex mentioned opportunity, take advantage of it. And, you know, I think that is so huge is anytime you have an opportunity to take advantage of it. I know at the high school level, a lot of kids when they're younger, freshman, sophomore, even their junior year, think, you know, hey, it's a senior's opportunity to take that starting position. And I think every day you're preparing for that opportunity. And that's one thing that's awesome in the weight room is we're always preparing for that opportunity. Once we get it, then we got to seize that moment. And I think that was really big. And then, you know, Brian talked about just taking every rep. I, I can't get better if I don't take reps. Right. So the more reps I take, the better I'm going to get. It's the more experience that I have. And it's better preparation when that opportunity arrives. Well, and, Brian, Dean, yep. and, and Dean, not, not to interrupt you, I'll let you get back. But like typically, like during a practice scenario, all right, you're giving, you're giving the starters you know, you're, you're, you're giving the starters a break. They didn't take breaks until Brian needed one. Like that, that was really like, a, usually a scout team guy, they're not concerned with, you know, giving the guy a rest, but because he was given our guys such a great look. And I mean, you want to talk about mimicking a good tailback, try going against Brian Calhoun every day in practice. And you wonder why our defense that the year before was so good. 
very similar. And we could use another guy as an example, JJ Watt, you know, JJ transferred into Wisconsin and he had to sit out a year. And I remember stories of, of some of the old linemen getting all pissed because he'd go off the, he'd kind of go off the cue card a little bit and he kind of do his own thing, but it made him better because he was trying to get better. But it also, you're also what Brian, I think probably didn't have the wherewithal on is as he's making himself better, he was making the team better. And kids, I think these days and coaches need to understand that if you're working at your craft and doing it at a high level and not being selfish, you're making your teammates better. And in the long run, everybody wins, right? Well, that's, you know, a great part, a great idea is a scout team in football. You know, those kids, they're usually younger kids. They're backup kids that are on that scout team and they're getting those repetitions and they're making those starters better. Remember a lot of times, you know, in years past, our sophomores said that was the most difficult year for them because they were getting hammered by those juniors and seniors and they were on that scout team. But they also said it had the biggest impact on their development because they were playing against older, better athletes, but they were in there getting all those repetitions, pretty much getting beat on because right. they weren't at that level, but yet and the outcome at the end that made them much better their next couple of years, their junior and senior year in high school. And athletes always think they have more time. Brian mentioned that, you know, they always think they have more time. And even, even at the end of their college career, you know, they're like, Oh, I got to hone in on my diet right. and I'm going to go to a specific um, place to train. And Brian said he made the mistake. He should have just trusted the people that he's been there with for four or five years that knew him the best when he had that opportunity to train for the NFL. Hey, these guys got my best interest. They've been with me for four or five years. And yet, you know, he thought, well, I'll go down South where the weather's warmer, or maybe this is a particular protocol that my agent wants me to do or whatever. But really a lot of the coaching and a motivational piece is really getting to know your athlete and who you can trust, who you're comfortable with. And you know what? You don't have all that time that you think you have. And I think, you know, Brian had a very unique situation. Remember, Dean, is that, like you said, you know, we had a late bowl game and, you know, then the combine comes up real quick. So you got about a five or six week window. You know, I think he was in, I'm not sure if you, I don't think he was involved in the senior bowl because he went, he left early, but he still had the opportunity to go to the combine. And so there are, there are a lot of circumstances where, going to a place to be being specialized training for, you know, a combine, things like that is, is, is the right situation. I think athletes need to recognize what they need best. And sometimes it is, you know, going somewhere where you have a food plan somewhere where you have some of that other stuff, but sometimes it's just staying at home. And, you know, and it's the same thing with high school kids. You know, sometimes, you know, going and looking for something else than what you have right in your own backyard, you know, that that may not be in your best interest. And so it's it's knowing yourself and, and having an understanding about what is your best interest. And Brian said that, you know, definitely said, hey, after a couple of weeks, you know, my body hadn't recovered and I really need to be, you know, in touch with what I needed to do and and things like that. So um you know, and just, just kind of watching Alex too, you know, talking about knowing your body, 
that was something that, that he brought up and that him and I have talked about, you know, quite a bit is that so many kids and so many coaches push the training aspect of development. And, you know, you and I are both involved in that. And that's something that is without a doubt paramount to kids' success. You can't, very rarely are you going to get to a level where you're going to have a lot of success without putting in time in the weight room, um, developing your body, making your body stronger, more durable, things like that. It doesn't mean that you have to squat 700 pounds, but it means that you have to put some time in. But what Alex said was very important for his career, and I've, I've watched it, is investing in the other por portions of your development, your recovery. What are you doing for recovery? What are you doing for nutrition? What are you doing for, you know, making sure you have enough sleep, you know, soft tissue work. And at every level, you know, it gets more and more important. And so at every level, you have to invest more and more. And he talked about investing money in himself, you know, but at the end of the day, when you start doing the math, you know, if you invest in your body, look at Tom Brady. I mean, look at what he's invested in himself and to, to elongate his career. And then win another Super Bowl, and who knows what else he's going to win. And so, at the high school level, kids need to understand about investing in themselves to make sure that they're healthy. And you know, some of the things that you guys are doing too. I know you guys do a ton of that at Kimberly. Yeah, we're constantly just preaching nutrition all the time and hydration, and you know, and sleep and all of that. But you know, one of the things that Alex really hit on, and we talk about, get your edge you know, let's get that competitive advantage and what tips did he have for our listeners? The big thing is who are you listening to? Yes. You know, that, that was big. What, what kind of music you listen to? What kind of podcasts you listen to? What kind of books are you reading? But he was big and never allow someone's opinion of you become your reality. And I think that's what, you know, social media has made such a big difference. And as a walk on, you know, people then think, you know, he could make it at, Wisconsin and he mentioned that he was going to go to Stevens Point and do the basketball thing then he talked about hey fear, fear of failure don't be afraid to fail and that was one of the reasons why he passed up the opportunity to play basketball at UW Stevens Point to follow his dream of playing for the Wisconsin Badgers because he wasn't afraid to fail right and I think so many kids today nowadays are afraid to fail and, you know, that makes a big, big difference. But what are you doing? Those are big tips for our listeners is fear of failure. And then who you surround yourself with? Because so many times we'll see a good athlete start hanging out with some bad people and get the bad group of friends. And all of a sudden that athlete's gone. They quit. They start doing some negative things. So who do you surround yourself with? That I think is very important. And as coaches, it's the same thing. You know, if we surround ourselves with good coaches, as you and I do, we're constantly trying to grow and constantly trying to get better as a coach. And that is so important. We talk to our athletes about that. And that was huge. And then Calhoun said, be in the moment. Right. Was his get your edge advice. Be the best version of you every single day. We talk about being in the present all the time. I think too many people get to the end of their sport and maybe things aren't going right for them, Brian. And right away, they're thinking of the next sport. Instead of focusing on finishing their season, they're on to the next thing already. 
And both of those guys had some great advice that I think our listeners, especially our athletes, really need to hone in on is enjoy every day. Enjoy it and try to become the best version of yourself. Well, and I think, you know, going back to Alex's about, you know, what are you listening to? You know, he, you know, it's something that I know was very important to him when he was in Cincinnati with, you know, a group he worked with. Um, and you see it all the time. You know, your closest five contacts are the people that are going to affect your life the most. And so as a coach and the coaches that are listening to this, who are the top five people you're talking to for resources? And if they're people that are complaining and, 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 you know, this isn't right. And, you know, my boss is this and all this other stuff, you've got the wrong person because that's not a growth mindset. You know, that's someone that's making excuses all the time. And if you have someone that you're talking to on a regular basis is always, you know, laying out some built-ins as to why they're not having success or why they're not doing this or what that that's probably not the person that you want to be talking to. Same thing with athletes. Athletes, if you have a dream and, and you know, chasing your dreams, and our, our other guests have talked about that, if the people you're hanging out with are deterring you from that. So in other words, if you want to go to, you know, train or if you want to work on something and, and your buddies are saying, no, come here, come here, you know, you can do that later. That's not important. That's probably not the people you want to be hanging out with. And, you know, it's the same thing with, you know, what are you putting in your ears? You know, what type of music are you listening to? What type, of, what type of shows are you watching? What type of podcasts are you listening to? You know, is there negativity thrown in there? Uh, you know, and, and bad things happen. Let's, let's not, you know, sit here and preach like, you know, it's 100% sun and roses all the time. But when a bad things happen, you know, that's when you need your closest people the most to be supportive and to push you forward, you know, and to push you forward and not let you, excuse me, not let you sulk. I use my wife as an example this morning. You know, my son just lost his last baseball game. And I, I mean, I'm probably more in the tank than he is, Dean, because, you know, I've been coaching him for eight years and this, that. And she's like, you got to move forward. He's got all kinds of great things happening. You know, and I needed to hear that. You know, and if you don't have people that are telling you some hard things that, hey, you need to move forward. Hey, you need to do this. Hey, and take you out of that comfort zone that, that, that you're living in. Maybe, maybe you should have someone else in your ear and maybe you should have some other information that's going through, you know, your circuits, because at the end of the day, if people aren't pushing you just a little bit out of your comfort zone, um, maybe those aren't the people that you should be, you know, associating with on a regular basis. I know every day, Brian's a challenge when we have our, you know, our kids came in the day and trained and, you know, they're, it looked like they were feeling sorry for themselves and it was very hard for them to get going and they weren't locked in as far as being focused during the dynamic warm-up and everything else. And, you know, it's tough because the brain always wants to feel comfortable. You know, we want to feel comfortable. And when we train, Joe Thomas said it the best, we got to find and we got to get out of that comfort level and you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's tough. You know, it's nothing harder than getting under that squat bar with a lot of weight on your back and then going down to parallel and then coming up with a lot of weight on just knowing that, hey, am I going to be able to lift this weight up? Can I trust my spotter behind me? Do I have everything set up here? And you have to give everything you have in order to get that weight up. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I just, you know, such a great message of, you know, the, the fear of failure was, I think, another great one that you brought up. Um, it, it step, and again, it goes, it goes to stepping outside your comfort zone. You know, you can't grow if you don't fail. You, you just can't. You know, if you're always successful, things like that, you're never going to be able to know what adversity is when it hits you. And I think a lot of times parents, we want to protect our younger kids from adversity. You know, maybe they didn't play in a baseball game or maybe they didn't play in a basketball game. And the first inclination is to blame the coach, you know, and not, and not, you know, it's a great learning moment for these athletes, for these young kids to be able to face adversity, you know, face something that they may feel maybe is unfair or not, not, not making them really happy or anything like that. But a lot of times parents want to swoop in their kids, not playing shortstop on the, on the A travel team. And so we're going to, we're going to switch teams. Well, what good is that going to do when they get to high school? There's only one team. So you can't switch them out. You're going to transfer them to a different school. Okay. Okay. Well then they go, you know, so it's just a never ending pattern. If you don't just teach your kid to face some adversity and have some hard conversations. So I think as parents, we have to be mindful of that as well. What are we telling our kids? Are we someone that is a positive influence in their ear? You know, are we blaming the coaches when we're never at practice? And we've talked about if you, you know, you want to have influence on a game or on a practice, grab a whistle, you know, go volunteer. You know, there's a lot of places that would take people to volunteer to help. Everybody needs help nowadays, you know? And so as parents, we also have to be mindful of that. Yeah, them are all good points, Brian. And, you know, as we wrap up here, um, you know, it's summer. We're almost about going into the July 4th weekend here. It's coming up pretty quick. And um, just every opportunity, athletes, coaches continue to get, you know, a little bit of time away, you know, for the mental health portion of it. We're going into a, a, a really different type of a situation, at least up in the Kimberly area with fall football, went to the spring. Now track is continuing to the end of June and then boom, July, you're going to be starting football contact days and, you know, some camps and then boom, August 2nd, you're starting football season and, you know, you're going to the rest of your fall sports and hopefully everything turns to be out to be a normal year as far as back to the old scheduled way. But, you know, you got to take a little time from your family. Yep. All of our guests have talked about that, you know, missing one open gym, missing a week of training, that's not going to set you behind athletes. You need to have some family time, some getaway for the mental health, be a kid, get out there and, and do some things that you enjoy doing, whether it's fishing, whether it's going out with your friends and doing some boating or some swimming, whatever the case is, but you need to have some time away. Coaches, same thing. I think this year, more than any year, a lot of coaches, you have to take that vacation. You have to take it and you got to get away a little bit as much as it might drive you crazy. I know myself as a coach, many times when I was younger, I didn't take a vacation because I just felt like, Hey, I was cheating the kids. If I didn't, I was gone for a week and I wasn't there helping them. Hey, you know, I have to set a good example, but you have to make sure you recharge as an athlete, a coach and parents, same thing. You know, that family time is huge. And everybody's got to recharge and let's go back, finish the summer strong and fall season starts and we'll do it all over again. 
Right. I think that that's a great message for coaches because, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, they put so much energy into the, the leader leading the, the unit, you know, they, whether you're a position coach, whether you're, you know, any type of coach of that nature, um, you know, we put so much emphasis in this. And like you said, we don't want to let anybody down. I think a lot of times coaches, we feel like if we're not there, we're letting the kids down. We're letting the parents down. We're letting the other coaches down. And that's, that's not it. You know, at some point, you know, sometimes saying, no, I have to do this for myself is okay to say, and, you know, getting, even if it's getting away for a weekend, you know, with your, with your wife or your, your boyfriend or girlfriend or, or, you know, whatever it is you need those times to just put the phone away, put the computer away, put the huddle, shut the huddle off and just, you know, whether, you know, whatever it is you like to do, you know, for me, you know, I know recharging for me is, you know, July 30th, I'm going to recharge and go watch the Foo Fighters. That's going to be a great night for me. You know, you, I, I know you like to go out on a chain, uh, you know, and things like that, whatever it is, and coaches and athletes, find what, find what helps you, you know, I know another thing for me is, you know, being able to walk on a beach, you know, and just, just kind of be away from everything. And so being able to, you know, try different things out and see what works for you, because at the end of the day, you know, you want longevity in your career. The only way you can do that is like Brian said, being in the moment and you can't be in the moment if your, your tank is running on empty. So I think, you know, we've had some really great, great, uh, great messages from these two guys. And again, we want to encourage everybody to, to listen to those two again, because they really have great messages from a lot of different perspectives that a, a lot of things that the athletes and, and coaches are going through from a growth mindset standpoint, as well as from making the most out of your opportunities. And really for us, that's one of the main reasons that Dean and I are doing this podcast is we're kind of, we're really trying to share with athletes and coaches how to make the most out of your opportunities. And so I want to put a plug in for Dean, you know, July 5th, I know his, his throws groups are filling up really quick, but again, you want to make the most out of your opportunity, become a better thrower to Fox Valley throws club is for you. Okay. And he, he's the best in the, in our state, in the area, um, as well respected anybody. Those of you that, that are looking for a place to train, uh, we've got some really cool things coming out in the fall at Sports Advantage for you court sports athletes coming up. Um, if you're in the Madison area looking for a place to train, uh, please check us out. Other than that, uh, we will be back next week with, a, with another incredible guest. We're going to keep that a little secret here. I don't want to spoil all the fun, but appreciate everyone tuning in, all the parents, all the coaches, all the athletes, everyone, thank you so much. Uh, the podcast is growing. Follow us on Twitter at Get Your Edge Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Get Your Edge Pod. And we will see you next time. Chop it. <laughs>